1: Thanks for being with us on this uh, Thursday morning. Kind of a cold, foggy, gray, overcast morning. Looking for some sunshine. Well, here's
2: It's fitting. All one fan has been feeling a little bit dreary.
1: Like, yeah, it does kind of feel, down, yeah. I think side. Saturday. Saturday is uh, bright and sunny in 63, it looks like to me, which is a good thing. We're having a little party here at the house on Sunday, Saturday, Rod, my daughter's graduation hey. party. Right before Christmas she graduated, and so we're going to have a get-together. So we'll be doing that on Saturday. Looks like the sun's going to come out. We'll, we'll look forward to that. And looking forward to uh, the NFL Week 18. That night will be the Texans and Colts trying to make the AFC playoffs. We'll preview that coming up. Rod's got us behind the burn orange curtain this hour. We'll off the record this hour as well. And we're talking on the way to the timeout out of Bullish and BS, Rod, about the Longhorns being the uh, third or fourth odds favorite to win the national championship next year. Yep. And you know, I don't think it's crazy for all the reasons we talked about with a returning offensive line and a returning quarterback and coaching continuity and the continued additions through the portal and through recruiting to add more talent. Uh, Sark has talked about the ability to have twenty-one of these early, these new commitments in for winter workouts starting in January. Yeah. I mean that's a big number of guys who will be added and have a lot of a lot of reps through the through the winter, into the spring and coming back next year. So more depth on a football on the football team. They're trying to add more speed and coverage in the secondary. And again when I say the schedule is favorable they have 7 home games next year
2: It's pretty yeah that's, that's And only favorable. 3
1: true road games only 3 true road games and those true road games are at Arkansas at Texas A&M both struggling programs right now but
2: in the state and close and drive. the uh, the
1: other one is to Michigan Okay, and so to Vanderbilt. So they have four true road games. Yeah, so, yeah. Michigan, I was talking about in the SEC, three true road games. But Michigan and Ann Arbor, they could, we just talked to Jerry Hamilton, they could have a new coach by next year. They're going to be good, and no one's saying that, but they're going to lose a ton of guys to the NFL as well. And um, kind of like Alabama this year for Texas. Remember they went to Tuscaloosa, mm-hmm. and Alabama was breaking in new coordinators, a new quarterback, a lot of new players, and Texas was able to get a win there. And uh, Michigan may be in a similar spot where you're playing a team that uh, – you know, if 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 indeed Jim Harbaugh decides he's going to head off to the NFL and go take the Bears' job or the Vegas Raiders or wherever he goes, Very realistic. now you have a new head coach and they're going to have a new quarterback and they're going to have a lot of dudes off to the NFL. I mean, Jim Harbaugh's predicted as many as 20 of his Wolverines could get drafted. So it'll be a new-look Michigan team. That's week two. Uh, and then, yeah, your your SEC road games are Vanderbilt, A&M, and Arkansas. You're, you're home to Georgia. You're home to Florida, who's in a bit of a mess right now with uh, – with Billy Napier, got an all-new coaching staff, essentially, on the defensive side. And then Kentucky is here. So, not crazy. If, if, if the Longhorns continue to advance and develop as a program as they have through the first three years under Sark, I think that's a natural next step, that they will certainly have a chance to put themselves in the 12-team playoff, maybe even in the top four of that. Remember, if you get in the top four, now you get a week off coming out of championship weekend. And uh, you, know, you wait for the, for the other eight to play off, and then you get back in the mix. But we'll see. We'll see. I don't think that's a crazy bet.
2: Uh, no, it's not all. Right now, they have them. Um, uh, like I said fourth best odds behind Georgia, Bama, and Ohio State, and they're right in front of Michigan. Okay. Georgia,
1: I mean, and you know Carson Beck will be their starting quarterback next year. They come back mm-hmm. with Kirby Smart, and a, I'm, I'm, being, you know, you, you are too, Rod, big on coaching quarterback. Um, Texas will have their coach back and quarterback back. Yep. So old, so will Georgia. So will Alabama potentially, right? There's the Paul Feinbaum thought that maybe Nick Saban's going to contemplate retirement this offseason. We'll see. Um, same time, he knows he's got Jalen Milro coming back and uh, can build uh, around that. Now, Ohio State does not really know who their quarterback's going to be just yet. I saw where yeah. Will Howard, the Kansas State transfer, visiting. Is, is visiting Columbus.
2: That's a strange. Yeah, that's, that would be strange to me.
1: The, but he visited USC too, didn't he? He did. Yeah, that was also strange to me. It is weird. And they, like Will, Howard, like will the, Howard, the Kansas State quarterback, will spill the pill, as yeah. you used to call him, because he will spill the pill if you make him. He, the, the The report said he's going to visit Columbus. He's also considering the NFL. I'm like, what? Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, like, I don't, I, it doesn't really fit. His skill
2: set doesn't fit with those systems, in my opinion. Yeah. Right? The Ohio State's a sophisticated passing system and so in USC and he doesn't fit me as that kind of quarterback but maybe he's trying to do the Jalen Hurts thing he's like no 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 people don't think I'm a, I'm a quarterback who can throw the football from the pocket if I want to play in the NFL I need to go to a system that can prove that my passing skills translate to the league that's kind of what Jalen Hurts did he was actually something that was advised to him by uh, Nick Saban like hey man you need to go somewhere where they can prove that you're a good passer they did and then he went to the yeah, NFL that's obviously, right
1: to I see Avery Johnson will be the uh... The quarterback moving forward at K State. And Devin Brown is the likely quarterback at Ohio State. But you, and we, I think we all saw it in the Cotton Bowl. I mean, Ohio State scored three points against yeah. Missouri. And Missouri's a good team. They won 11 or 12 games this year for Eli Drinkwitz. But uh, three points because Devin Brown, the quarterback, got hurt in the first quarter. He couldn't even you know, stay healthy. That's crazy. And they couldn't move the football. That was a bad. I mean, we were, were uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. that was even that important to that offense? Because they couldn't move the ball. They couldn't do anything in that game. Yeah. So, um, you know, I guess you expect Ohio State to be good, but I, I don't know that I'd put money on them to win the national championship next year until I knew who their quarterback is going to be i
2: agree with you on that we um, know they'll have good wide receivers they always do
1: they always do they got a
2: pipeline going
1: they got the pipeline uh and they recruit like like no other and they just continue to stack recruiting classes but uh, we'll take your thoughts on that also this rod you know, I'm bullish or bs i was going to ask you this do you uh with texas leaving the big 12 and oklahoma leaving the big 12 now that the seasons are over will there be a team in the big 12 that you root for will you pick a team that you're going to root for in the big 12 Do I have to? No, I'm just asking. (laughs) No, no, it's two questions. Are you going to Uh, or would uh, you? And if you did, who would you pick? Who would you throw your support behind as far as the Big 12 goes?
2: I probably won't necessarily be rooting for a Big 12 team. Yeah, that's that's a good question. I probably won't be. There's no incentive for me to root for a Big 12 team for any reason. I'll probably watch the games and end up rooting for a team, but not no not in particular. I'm kind of with you. If it
1: were going to be, it would be Willie Fritz down at Houston because I'm a Houston guy.
2: That's a good one.
1: And I could root for U of H and uh, be a, a, be a Cougar.
2: Yeah. Back to
1: when I was a kid watching the Bill Yeoman show.
2: That's not a bad, that's not <laughs> a bad one. That is, I, I can see that. I do have an H-Town tie.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I yeah. like me some Willie Fritz.
2: He's a, he's a damn good ball coach. Yeah. He's a hell of a coach. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if I will. I don't think I will now. I think I'm, I'm looking forward to the uh, days ahead in the SEC.
1: Yeah, you're just gonna be so locked in on the Southeastern. Yeah. Like, conference. I
2: don't root for any other schools in any other conference. Like college football, I got one school that I root for. In the NFL, actually, I I have my Texans, but I root I root for the Cowboys every now and then. NFC team. I like, you know, what I mean, it's, it's a my quasi team. You root for the Niners? because your Niners sister does that's, yeah, that's and my t- and I, Shano. My, my boy play. My boy is the coach there, so I got teams I root for. I don't really have that in college. Yeah, that's All a good right. point.
1: Good, good question. I don't know
2: if anybody – because it's such a personal thing. It is. Your, your college football team seems – to me it seems more personal even than the NFL. But I know the
1: only the other Bears one that stands team. out in my head is, is TCU because I have a lot of friends whose kids went to TCU. and go. TCU ties, and I like Sonny Dykes. And, but either way, I don't – I mean, it's not going to be something where I'm going to an appointment to watch them play. But maybe, probably Houston as time grows. But uh, we'll see. And by the way, that Michigan-Texas game next year was supposed to be here, remember? Originally yeah, it was supposed to be in it, Austin. Yeah. They flipped it to buy out Fox and ESPN to appease the, the move in 2024, not 2025.
2: Hey, right, Texas ain't scared. They'll put the icy, I, the icy whites on. Put the stormtrooper Trooper uniforms on. Yeah. Go out there and beat Michigan in Ann Arbor.
1: That'd be nice. Get it to the big nice. house. and Yeah, but the schedule, as far as we told you, I mean, Florida's got the toughest schedule in 2024 it's in absurd. the SEC. It's absurd. It's, it really is. Even Oklahoma's. Oklahoma's schedule in the SEC is tough. Uh, that is not, uh, as far as your first year in, and, and your Brett Venables in year three, I mean uh, – as we said, I mean, if you're if you're Oklahoma, you're playing at LSU. You got Alabama coming to Norman. You got to go to Missouri, who all of a sudden is a rising program yeah. with Eli Drinkwitz. Drinkwitz is a good coach. They got to go to Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you know, it's it's for real. Yeah, uh. and
2: the Ole Miss—they're a transfer portal champion right now. Oh, Ole Miss they has had a hell of a run in the transfer portal, killing it in the transfer
1: portal, including right Juice Wells, the wide right receiver, Walter Nolan, the uh, defensive tackle. Uh, for sure. I mean, that, that you would much rather you would you know, in a heartbeat take Texas's first SEC schedule over Oklahoma's for sure, as far as you know, the difficulty.
2: Yeah, and they remember they had a, a random exodus of offensive linemen. Like, there's a possibility they won't return. Yeah, they don't have a starting, starting offensive, offensive lineman coming linemen back. Coming back. Yeah. And- and there's talk even now that Jackson Arnold may not be happy with the system. And oh, the no. System. That's yeah. the
1: five-star quarterback.
2: Remember, it hasn't so been turnovers in the bowl game. What, they turned it over six times?
1: Yeah. He was yeah. a big quarterback. Arizona beat them.
2: Multiple meltdowns.
1: Yeah, that. they melted down in that game. They were up, uh, and it was Arizona scored the last 25 points of the game. Yeah, And a lot of it came off of the six turnovers that they forced uh, down in the Alamo Bowl. All right, let's get to the headlines. Trending topics to start your uh, Thursday morning. Plenty of them. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment and their brand new location bringing you the headlines and the top stories start with college football and uh, on the heels of the Xavier Worthy news from Tuesday that Xavier's going to head to the NFL. Longhorns received a good piece of news yesterday with multiple reports that defensive lineman Alfred Collins has elected to return to Texas for another season. 6'5", 320-pound lineman has appeared in 48 games in Burn Orange already made six starts over his four-year career. Of course, this year playing behind the duo of Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy still has room for growth though the former five-star out of Bastrop uh, could be a key piece in 2024 looks like he is coming back elsewhere in college football it's high school all-star game week the all-american bowl in san antonio coming up on saturday afternoon Four Texas commitments participating down in the Alamo City. Quarterback Trey Owens, five-star receiver Ryan Wingos down there, linebacker Ty Anthony Smith, and the punter Michael Kern. Seven other members of the 2024 class participated in yesterday's Under Armour All-American game in Orlando. That included the uh, Longhorn 3 five-star defensive prospects and the edge rusher Colin Simmons, who actually didn't participate because of an ankle issue, Sa- uh, safety Xavier Filsamee, and cornerback Kobe Black. College hoops last night, 10th-ranked Texas women had a bounce-back game. Of course, they lost to Baylor. Uh, Over the weekend, their first loss of the year, uh, they roared out to an early lead and rolled in Lubbock past Texas Tech 74-47. Leah Moore had a double-double, as did Deanna Gaston. Uh, they are 14-1 and one on the year now, 1-1 one one in Big 12 play. The 20th-ranked Texas men are going to open their Big 12 conference slate on Saturday night at Moody Center, hosting Texas Tech. That game will tip at 7 o'clock. Longhorns up to an 11-2 start to the year before conference play. NFL uh, ahead of the final week of the regular season. NFC and AFC Pro Bowl rosters were revealed yesterday. Seven members of the Dallas Cowboys are going to the Pro Bowl, including four starters, Zach Martin, a guard, uh, C.D. Lamb, Micah Parsons, Duron Bland all voted in the starters. They'll be joined by quarterback Dak Prescott, specialist Brandon Aubrey, and Brian Anger. The punter, Texas uh, Texans left tackle Laramie Tunsil, the lone Houston player, to land on the AFC roster after the voting by fans, players, and coaches. In the NBA, two of the Texas three in action last night. Mavericks roll past Portland, 126-97, 41 for Luka. Down in Houston, Rockets beat Brooklyn, 112-101. In golf, congratulations to lifetime longhorn Scotty Scheffler. Voted by the PGA Tour players as the 2023 Player of the Year, second consecutive year he's won that award, first back-to-back winner since Tiger Woods in 2006 and seven.
0: Horror Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment, a new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. TopGun.net, we'll shoot you straight.
2: We had Jerry Hamilton on earlier and asked him about the rumors swirling around. And I think they and I think Jerry actually even um, brought up a, a great point that we referenced earlier, too. You know, LSU would be honestly, it, it would be at uh, them a malpractice and it would be ill advised for them not to pursue Bo Davis. Um, as a defensive line coach or a member of their defensive staff. Now that they are overhauling their entire defensive staff, Brian Kelly has decided that he wants to uh, basically hire a new defensive coordinator and hire new coaches. Jerry brought up that it's rare that you would hire the position coach before you hire the the coordinator, um, which is interesting. But I want to say that Sark did something similar like that too. Sark was bringing in or interviewing position coaches – even before he was interviewing PK, there was some stuff like that happening with Sark too.
1: Well, because Sark um, knew he well, especially the offensive. stuff, he wanted to bring guys from from we Alabama to, with him. The defense yeah, stuff. defensive side. You're right.
2: Like that. He was already interviewing some position coaches before he brought in PK, and maybe he had already talked to PK and knew about that kind of stuff too. So it, it's it's rare that a coach would, a head coach would decide to hire a defense a defensive position coach prior to the defensive coordinator being hired and him doing it himself, bringing his guys, but. I could see that being the exception here just because Bo Davis is considered by many to be the best D-line coach in America or one of the top two, three best D-line coach in America. He's got ties to LSU. He's, he, he was there as a strength and conditioning coach at one point. Um, as he mentioned, that's his alma mater, graduated from there. Um, and he's never been a D-line coach there. He's been a strength and conditioning coach there at one time. So there – should be interest from LSU side, as Jerry mentioned. That would just be smart on their part doing the due diligence. Um, It would be up to Texas to match any offers, which I'm sure Texas can do. So money, not a problem, not an issue at all. Uh, The issue would be whether Bo Davis personally would like to go coach at LSU Um, instead of coaching at Texas and here in Austin. That would be a personal thing for him and his family. Um, And like I said, if he does – you know, decide that, you know, LSU is a spot that he would like to go. And by the way, this is all rumors. This is not something substantiated, but it's out there. And it makes sense. A rumor that makes sense.
1: Yeah, again, he, he made, went to school there. He went to school there. He why a yeah. GA there. And then, as yeah. you said, strength conditioning coach there. Yeah. And it would be just a personal decision. He'll make enough money wherever he's at. He's already making over a million dollars at Texas. Now, now, I would say, to your point of, you know, would, would Brian Kelly hire the position coaches before the D.C.? would? Bo Davis leave before he knows who the D.C. is going to be. Also uh, true. That's also a personal thing. And there's, as we said, if, if Jim Harbaugh leaves to go to the NFL, which a lot of people think he's going to after Monday night, win or lose, that that, that Brian Kelly would be a candidate for the, for the Michigan job and a, maybe the top candidate. That's been the rumor out it of the, Detroit and Ann Arbor for yeah. the month of December that uh, Brian Kelly, because of his Midwest ties and – you know, he he would be a just a just a just a uh, uh, you know natural fit. Natural fit yeah, he, that, because
2: he wasn't a natural fit at LSU. No, he made it work. He, no, invent <laughs> some games.
1: Yeah, uh, so we'll see. Uh, but obviously, if Michigan comes open, that's going to be a coveted job. Holy cow! The way that and, you know it's it's a, it's an ultimate blue blood. It's also in a good place as far as talent goes. And, oh yeah you got now, a lot of
2: recruiting on there,
1: too. Now, what is going to come as far as punishment for the sign-stealing scandal, big picture? You got to, you know, because remember Pete Carroll left USC after winning the Natty, and then the yeah. uh, the sanctions poured in from the NCAA. Now, that was a different NCAA, and that was yeah. a long time and, ago. And
2: they should try to direct that at, you know, Harbaugh, more specifically than the, the program, new coach, the yeah. institution. But I know how the NCAA works, and you know, but they'll give him a show call. I did or whatever see
1: time. where the uh, the Missouri defensive coordinator might be the top choice for Brian Kelly for DC. Uh, Missouri's uh, defensive coordinator, coming off the year they I had, I can't remember his name. Me either. Um, okay. Uh,
2: well, you know what that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You make a good point about Bo Davis. You know, he even if he is interested, you know, why would you go there unless you can know who your defensive coordinator is going to be?
1: Well, and here, here he knows that. Hey, I've got Alfred Collins coming back. I got Vernon Broughton. I've got uh, Trill Carter already. Uh, three experienced D linemen. Plus, we're bringing in you know Trey Moore on the edge. We're bringing in Colin Simmons out of Duncanville, the five star. Uh, Sadir Mitchell's a guy who's already on campus. So you know he already knows what he's working with here as far as really talented players. And I'm sure if you're Sark, you're going to do your best sales pitch. Say, look, look, man, we've built it to get here, keep this coaching continuity, and as we just talked about, we have a chance to go take another step next year and go play for a national championship. Mm-hmm. You can be a part of that. So, yeah, personal decision. So keep an eye on that. Uh, the coaching carousel is not stopped, has not stopped, especially if uh, Jim well, Harbaugh gonna, makes, the, makes the decision.
2: I was going to say, it's going to heat up, actually, pretty soon. Now that the season's close to officially done, Yes, uh, you're going to see things heat up, especially if there's a, oof, a blockbuster move like – Hardball heading to the NFL but him hiring Don Yee which is the agent For a agent of Tom Brady And this guy is known for just having NFL Ties I don't even know if he has that many Clients in college I don't think I've heard him mentioned uh, With college football that Often um, he's strictly been An NFL guy for the most part um, Now you know it looks, it looks Like at least from an exploratory uh, sense that Jim Harbaugh is going to look at the NFL options, and that's only smart. He should be looking at the NFL options. I think he may be leaning toward going. I, I I've been saying that for a while. Just makes sense. It's the perfect time of it. Well, and the it's fact a,
1: that Michigan, the reports. I mean, you know how the media works. People use the media to get out their their information. And the the Michigan side, they have offered Jim Harbaugh a mega contract. I mean, it's been on the table for the month. Because uh, there was, you know, he's been in trouble with the NCAA like twice. I mean, and the fact that they're backing him a twelve million dollar a year offer, like yeah. like a lifetime offer to stay at Michigan and be a Michigan man, uh, you know, twelve million, the highest paid coach, and he hasn't taken it.
2: Yeah, because the stipulation is you can't go, you can't leave to go to the NFL.
1: Yeah, I think he wants to hear from the NFL owners here coming up. Yeah, and then the the, the 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 job that makes the most sense are the Bears. Yep. But I, somebody did Texas, and I said, read this, that he doesn't have a great relationship with the ownership. Because he played in Chicago, right? Could be. And the McCaskey family were the owners there. But, um, you know, but again, the Bears are going to have the first pick in the draft and the 10th pick in the draft as of now, and other draft capital that they brought in from the, the, the trade of last year with Carolina. Um, they also are likely to trade Justin Fields, who could fetch more draft, who will fetch more draft capital and possible players. And if you're Jim Har- Harbaugh, you get to orchestrate all that. And the players you get to draft your quarterback, you get to uh you know with the tenth pick, which they have right now that's you're talking about an offensive lineman or a defensive stud who can come in and help anchor your defense and with draft capital rod, you could move around and 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 you get to orchestrate all that with a team that's already not terrible right that's there's some talent there in Chicago, so that one is appealing, and then there's the the Vegas job for Jim Harbaugh, which you know you got Tom Brady now part owner there, he's a Michigan guy. Um, they're looking for a coach. Yep. Vegas is a sexy job. Um, you know, with Mark
2: Davis wants a proven commodity. Yes. He, hired John Gruden. Yes. he wants a, he wants a proven commodity.
1: And there's talk that he was gonna to try to bring John Gruden back.
2: It's <laughs> if the yeah. NFL will let him. <laughs> and I believe it. I, I believe he would bring John Gruden back if the NFL would let him. They probably won't. Uh, but it's I think the Chargers might be interested too. Ooh. Uh, and that's the job they may not offer. Because I think the, the the Chargers' ownership is notoriously cheap or infamously cheap, so they may not be offering a lucrative deal or as lucrative as some of the other job uh, openings and some of the other owners. But man, having Justin Herbert there, I mean, it's done. You got your quarterback. You don't even have to worry about that. Yeah. It's and in, and it's and in just Chicago, you used to pick your quarterback,
1: but and, there, and there's just no guarantee. There's no
2: guarantee. You could you could think, oh man, I pick Caleb Williams. He's going to be a star, and then. He's not. I mean, there's no guarantee. I think Caleb Williams actually is going to be really good in the league. But there's no guarantee. And, man, Justin Herbert's already done it. You got it on film. You've seen him. He's a, he's a franchise quarterback. All you got to do is build around him. Man, usually when Harbaugh finds his quarterback,
1: that's no stopping him. Can I mention a name for Jim Harbaugh that uh, is kind of off the nose that we haven't talked about? If Bill Belichick leaves New England, would Robert Kraft call Jim Harbaugh and say, hey, look, man, we don't have the first pick, but we have the third pick? Or the second pick, get panics. Get a quarterback. Get panics, Mike. Get your quarterback, <laughs> and we have a winning culture here. We yeah. still have some good players up here. Hey, how I, about that name?
2: That's that's not that's not crazy to me.
1: Because if you're if you're Robert Kraft and you're you're going to divorce Bill Belichick, and however that's going to end after a miserable season,
2: yeah,
1: it's not crazy. It, you you still want to bring in a a, a a who 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 has the, the stones to to follow Belichick. That's a that's one of those jobs that you want to follow, the guy who followed Belichick. You don't really want, but would Harbaugh be a guy that's got the big enough, enough resume and having won in the NFL level, having won at the college level, maybe win a national championship on your way out? That would be – that would be a, – a, 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 it seems like an appropriate replacement for one of the greatest coaches of all time in Bill Belichick. That's
2: not a bad idea. That's not a bad idea. You have to choose your quarterback. Yeah, you know, but he's got to do that if he goes to Chicago he, too, and he gets more draft capital with Chicago. He'll just get more resources there. But New England.
1: Well, yeah. Robert Kraft has the has the ownership side to sell. Like, like we we're going to back you. I mean, what, yeah. the, the Bears have always been seen as bad owners. Um, you know, same as in, in, in Chargers are cheap owners. Mark Davis is seen as not a great owner, he's kind unstable. of an erratic guy. Yeah. Uh, Robert Kraft, you know, he's Robert Kraft. He's in addition, I mean, outside of the occasional trip to the massage parlor,
2: top five owner in in the NFL. Yeah.
1: Easily, which you know, it, it, that, those are the three important positions in the NFL. Over time, you you, you know, coach quarterback, but ownership, uh, as Sarkis said, I mean, you you don't win championships without you know, being being aligned at the top. And uh, Robert Kraft would certainly align with whoever he brings in, and that's just a name, right? And he's gone. Robert yeah. Kraft is gone. Remember, we hired Pete Carroll. Mm-hmm. I think that was Robert Kraft was the owner when Pete Carroll came in.
2: Um, yeah, I don't know if he was the owner now. I mean, Pete Carroll was the. Uh, Patriots coach, though so.
1: that's what he was for sure. <laughs> All right, so that's what we'll uh, follow here into January. We got uh, another wave of recruiting. The transfer portal continues. When's Quinn, yours going to make his announcement. What about J.T. Sanders? What about Adani Mitchell? Uh, Adonai Mitchell? Mitchell. What's holding it up? What's holding those things up? We've got uh, Xavier Worthy officially gone, and we've got uh,
2: Collins coming back. Alfred
1: Collins back. Uh, who's going to be today's?
2: um yeah well i, I don't know what's holding even the, even jerry admitted i don't know what's holding up the quinn year's announcement like come on quinn it, it's it's the it's the worst kept secret right now in austin
1: this says mike vrabel mike vrabel would be the guy to replace belichick that's a that's a good name too from cb on the text line that is I like good.
2: Vrabel. i mean he's a new england guy um the ownership knows him really well i'm sure likes him really well he likes the ownership there
1: I think, I think even belichick would endorse that um, you know, because Vrabel has been a real good coach in Tennessee. It just feels like the, uh, um, he
2: hadn't had a good, uh, GM with him. Remember, yeah, remember he, the, the G- GM got at odds because he f-
1: traded AJ Brown. Yeah. A. yeah. yeah. And,
2: and the and the blueprint that they were using, that they were deploying with, you know, obviously playing bully ball, basically, one the biggest old line at one point they had in the NFL, but they had the multiple tight ends, uh, and they were just running downhill with Derrick Henry. Uh, they've exhausted it like it's done. Like, well, it, you know what I mean? it, it
1: Right. Well, and I felt like when they had Arthur Smith, who's now the Falcons coach, it was a more diverse offense and that it was, was. That, that was the best Ryan Tannehill's ever played yep. in his career yeah. and uh it had the, the toughness of a variable team with the diversity
2: and then they had a aj brown yeah they, they had weapons they had the right? weapons and then they lost the weapons yeah. they, they want they to go just strictly bully ball, and i think that's why
1: you get very predictable Vrabel at was that upset point. yeah
2: he's like hey man y'all got rid of my weapon that was my change-up
1: that was my guy that was
2: my change-up i'm gonna i'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna bruise you and we're gonna bludgeon you and then when you come down and load the box we're gonna be oh you got aj brown one on one you lose
1: you lose yeah, you, yeah we got yeah, you. that was our
2: change-up and you got rid of my change-up and then you tried to draft one it's like nah man you screwed up yeah. Get rid of my changeup.
1: This text on the text line. We appreciate all the messages. 447-3776, As if the Raiders get rid of Antonio Pierce, then that will be the downfall of that organization. That's what Devontae Smith said, or we'll Devontae Adams.
2: Some, yeah, we'll play some sound about uh, that. And uh, who said that? Because Devontae Adams is, yeah, he's he's all lobbying, lobbying for his guy Antonio Pierce.
1: You know they might have should have kept Rich Pisaccia when he was their interim coach after uh, Gruden was out. Mm-hmm. Went to the playoffs. All right, we'll come back when we do. Uh, Rod will take us behind the burn orange curtain. We're talking Texas football. When will these announcements come? Um, and you know I'm going to ask Rod the question you know, of the uh, the trio of Adnai Mitchell, uh, Adnai Mitchell, yeah, J.T. Man. Sanders, and I, I, I was going to put Alfred Collins in, it. we now know Alfred Collins. Yeah, is going to be man. coming back. I mean, it,
2: all the uncertainties. Yeah, all the oh. uncertainties.
1: Is there any anybody that, that we think is going that that there may be, be uncertain? Yeah, Jay we'll Brooks. have that question coming up, Jay Jonathan. Brooks, man? What about Jonathan Brooks? Come on, he, he's in a no-win situation, Bestimals. in my opinion. Yes, it's I feel good. bad for Jay Brooks. We'll have that coming up behind the BOC off the record before the. See what happened to Tyree Kill yesterday. Good night, nurse. What a shame. We'll get to all that. It's coming up. It's a busy Thursday. On hook em up with the NRV. That's absolutely right. Callahan's General Store bringing you at the turn. It's exactly 830, which makes it exactly halfway through our Thursday conversation. That would be at the turn, Rod. We're nine holes in and nine holes to go. If you want to keep your yard year-round looking like a golf course, that's what you get over to Callahan's for and talk to the great people there. It's time to winterize and uh, pre-emergence and all the things to keep your yard in. Get your yard ready for the uh, the rebirth in the spring and you can do that over at Callahan's general store can we say congratulations to Scotty Scheffler voted by PJ Tour players as the player of the year nice. for the second consecutive year a lot of people think this was uh, John Rahm's award until he defected to live and this is the player vote uh, and John Rahm of course won the Masters last year had a great season uh, but Ch- Scotty Scheffler we said this a lot last year when we were talking about golf. He, he you know, Scheffler won the Players Championship, which is known as the fifth major rod. He won the Phoenix Open and he was remarkably consistent. He didn't finish worse than 12th until July. He was in the top 12 every week uh on tour. Uh but his putter got away from him and uh, I I think I said a lot last year that if, if he would have if we would put it even average um to oh, what yeah. Scotty Shuffler's used to. He would have had a year kinda like Tiger Woods, right? He was tee to Green. It was Tiger Woods like how good he was. Yeah. And uh congratulations to him. Remarkably consistent. And you wonder he's he's gotten he's he's went to work on his putting this off season. And uh, uh I think you could see Scotty I mean, he won down in the Bahamas already at the end of the year. So look for him as they tee it off this week in uh Hawaii. Hawaii. The Century Classic will tee off today, nice. as a matter of fact tee off today. So mm. looking forward to that. Congrats to Scotty Scheffler, player nice, of the uh,
2: year. Yeah. I mean, uh he's been I mean, he's been on a a heater himself, like you said. Just uh missing let uh, that, that part of his game, that little element of his game, the putting that comes together. What do you do to improve that? you get another coach?
1: Yeah, and just, you know, it putting is so mental. I mean, it's so is mental. It? It's yeah. such a delicate thing. It's you know, putting if you haven't putted, you, I don't even know what to compare it to. It, yeah. it just comes and goes. There are some days and some times where you feel like you can't miss, and then they're just – I mean, because even if you start getting in your own head, even little short putts become a problem. Yeah. You start overthinking the game, and um, it, even for the best in the world. I mean, there, there have been great golfers who have lost their putting stroke for for stretches – I mean Tiger Woods never did, but we, we we've gotten to the point where you, you have to stop comparing people to Tiger Woods yeah. because we've never seen anything like him. Um, you know, but but the two greatest putters in the in the history of golf are also its two greatest players: Tiger Woods and Jack Nicklaus. Uh, those are the so, the two best putters. Yeah, and so I mean, there's a reason they are the two best players because putting is what did, what separates great players and. Uh, uh, it's just, it, you know, most everybody can hit the ball long, they can hit the ball straight, and can you make the big putts when you've got to make big putts? No one ever was better than Jack and uh, and Tiger. Now, Ben Crenshaw, Longhorn, uh, formerly a member, at, used to practice out here at Onion Creek back in the day before, uh, Shut up. Um, you know, he, he moved on, but he was out here for a while. He uh, He's one of the greatest putters of all time, but he just didn't have the overall length and,
2: yeah, you're talking about yeah. You, you the T to yeah. Green game. You, you, what you're talking about with Scott Sheffield is he's got every other part of his game almost is performing and functioning at a really high level, and yet this part of his game is functioning at what a, a subpar, average to below average level. Yeah. And it's bringing down everything else, and that's basically what you're saying. That's why it's a, it's, a, it's tragic. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it?
1: Uh, so as I said it, it's a tragic flaw and if you don't get yeah. it fixed I mean Tom Kite was a great Texas player whose putter was always kind of his you know, would, yeah. would derail him It's
2: like a great basketball player who has got everything except a shot yeah like the, like, <laughs> he's like you can't shoot he's like you got everything else you know who was like that kind Kawhi Leonard was like that actually for a little while
1: well and here's the he, the, the, shot, and
2: then he, he, once
1: he learned how to shoot this is the done. number that matters I mean the, the world number one player Scotty Scheffler had the best statistical season since Tiger Woods by, by leading the tour in all the important categories tee to green scoring the only thing is and he was terrible putting I mean he was just not good and so if he can adjust that and yeah he did hire a new coach he's gotten to a new putter maybe a little bit of a new stroke and uh well if that works and the initial returns were good in the Bahamas at that Hero World Challenge uh, where he won that event if, if that continues you could see Scotty Scheffler off to a great year and obviously with uh, John Rahm not on the tour anymore yeah. uh, but we know it's about the majors and John Rahm will play in the majors so it will be a fun golf year at Tees Off today down there in Hawaii. And that is At The Turn, brought to you by Callahan's General Store.
2: At The Turn is presented by Callahan's General Store, helping to keep your yard in golf course condition year-round for 45 years. It's always a good day to make it a Callahan's Day.
0: And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain?
2: All right, welcome back to another edition of Behind the Burnt Orange Card. We're going to talk about the players who are pretty much coming back and the ones who are leaving for Texas, the guys who are coming and going. And uh, a lot of the guys we are still uncertain about. Not sure what's taking some of the announcements so long to come out. Maybe these players don't want to steal each other's shine and they already have a schedule uh, laid out as to who's going to make the announcement. they got plenty of time. I think they have to – Declare for the NFL draft. I believe that's the fifteenth, so they got uh, almost a week and a half for that. Um, for the players who are deciding whether they want to exhaust the eligibility, that is also something that they have time of the decision to make. And also, there is there are the players who might want to hit the portal um, and decide that they want to transfer from Texas. Uh, so you have three different uh, I, three different situations. Uh, right now that are taking place simultaneously with these guys who are trying to figure out what their future is going to be either at Texas or in the NFL or with another program. We know X-Man is leaving. He's already declared he's going to, to the NFL draft. And we know now, uh, Alfred Collins said yesterday, or at least uh, on social media, that he was uh, coming back to the University of Texas, which is big. Uh, I think he's just smart and looking at the – overall developmental track and developmental rate of the players in front of him. I mean he's been in that D tackle room with Bo Davis, we talked about a lot this morning, one of the better D one of the better D line coaches in the country. And he's seen the emergence of uh, more Ojmo and Keandre Coburn and then both of those guys have breakout campaigns in the same year. So it's of Andre Sweat and Byron Murphy this season have breakout campaigns um in Texas developing a pipeline because after Byron Murphy and Andre Sweat are drafted, uh, that'll be Four defensive linemen drafted from Texas. Defensive tackles drafted, I should say, from Texas in uh, two drafts. I'm sure that Bama and Georgia maybe have done that uh, recently. Ohio State maybe, but not a lot of schools have got that kind of depth in the trenches. Um, And Texas may be able to brag about having the best D-tackle room in the country for back-to-back years. That is incredible, and it's also a compliment, and I think it really shows you how much of a great, uh, uh, defensive line coach that Bo Davis is Because these are guys that he inherited um, and He's just been developing these guys uh, And what, what happens when he picks and chooses And gets to handpick uh, the talent that he wants In that d room uh, You could see this go to an even higher level And it become more of a pipeline But if you're Alfred Collins Looking at those examples in front of you It should be pretty easy If you're not considered to be a high NFL draft pick Or if you haven't achieved all you have wanted to achieve On the 40 acres it's all in front of you and he's got more upside physically just in terms of the measurables than Colbert and Ojimo, Sweat or Murphy now that's that's a there's a big difference between potential and upside and you actually becoming an elite player he is not that yet cuz he doesn't have the consistency in his game but he's got a lot of flashes and i think as Jerry mentioned that's the to me the disappointing part of Alfred Collins' game so far is that the flashes have shown you he's got the elite level play in him. He just can't put it together consistently enough and with enough tenacity and intensity down to down. And that's what they want from him. Because you've got to be nasty as a D-lineman.
1: Well, and he's been playing behind the guy. And look, Tavondre Sweat had that same knock a little bit at the beginning. uh, And and his was that, you know, for Tavondre was getting in shape to where he could Play play more. Yeah. play more, play more snaps in a row. Um, but, but boy, just watching Byron Murphy. I mean Byron Murphy never slows down. I mean, the energy level, the, 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 the motor in Byron Murphy is elite. And, uh, but, you know, that, th- those are things that don't just rub off, but you can learn. You can see what – you, you can have, a, have a, uh, a clear picture of that's what that looks like and what they're trying to tell you. I'm sure when you were coming through, Rod, you, you saw guys that, you know, th- okay, that's, that's the standard, right? That's mm-hmm. how we go about our business right there. Iron yeah. Murphy was that along with Jalen Ford on the defensive side of the ball the last couple of years. Yeah, you've seen like I said the examples I've
2: been in front of him. And, so you, and, by the way, you know the coaching works. If if you cannot achieve uh, being the best version of yourself as a player with Bo Davis in that room as a D-tackle, it's probably more on you yeah. than it is on Bo Davis. That's 100% true. <laughs> and the players that, that that you've obviously seen achieve, uh, you know, obviously great uh, things in that D-tackle room. So I hope he does. I think he – we've been waiting on it. We've been waiting on the light to go off for Alphacons for a long time. That's, if it does, whoo, well, and, it's and, going to be dangerous.
1: You know, it's funny. Nick Saban's always famous for telling his guys that, uh, you know, I was in the NFL and when we write draft evaluations, you want you don't what you don't want in the evaluation is butts. What you do want is ands. Yeah. You know, this player works really you know, got long arms, and. height, size, and works his tail off, and he's a good teammate, mm-hmm. and he does this. The minute you start hearing butts and they write "but" on the evaluation. And that's what you don't want. Right. Uh, but uh, a little bit out of shape, or mm-hmm. but not a great teammate, or but doesn't play hard on every play. You know, flashes, but doesn't play great uh, consistently. You don't want the butts, mm-hmm. and that's pretty simple. Like you eliminate lose. the butts, and you 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 rise up draft boards, uh, Mister. Because I mean Alfred, that. you 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 cover it when it comes to traits. You have yep. got the size, you got the length of the arms they're looking for. You got everything. You got everything. Uh, the athleticism, yep. the burst uh the power the speed you know think about him Rod. he's a guy that could play you know tip if he could bring the motor and the consistency not just flash he could be an every down defensive line because you could on pass rush downs he could slide inside you could slide him outside where we've seen him because he's he's long rod he's long and he's athletic uh that's the guy that if you could you could light the fuse and and, or turn his light bulb on watch out yeah Uh, but
2: this will be a great test for bo davis we know he's a, a hell of a coach but for some reason, we have just not seen the consistency out of Alfred Collins. And this is, as Jerry said, this is the season. This is it. And if they don't get it this year, um, maybe it was never there.
1: Well, and I think we, <laughs> we heard the same comments about Tavondre Sweat, and he came back and put it together and won the Outland Trophy and Player of the Year and, you know, had a great season. So hopefully that's the, the path for uh, Alfred Collins because he's got a higher ceilings than even Tavondre did.
2: Uh, yeah, no doubt. He's got higher ceiling than any other D-tackle D- in that room uh, that's been in that room yeah. with him. And, uh, and they need
1: them, by the way, because they and, need the the yeah. replacements for those two guys for moving on. And as you said, four guys over four the last guys, two I years. Say,
2: that's what it, it feels like now that it may be tougher for them to just reload at that position. But they got a really good coach, and and Alfred Collins obviously has a lot of potential. All right, real quick, the guys who are uh, uncertain. We know the guys who are coming back and leaving. It's only two of them. We don't know why the Quinn Ewers news is taking so long, but the assumption is that Quentin Ewers will return. As a matter of fact, we're going to have C.J. Vogel on later uh, that uh, he mentioned in the 9 o'clock. Uh, 9.30, right? yep. And uh, he had an interview. He's doing a great job, uh, by the way. Uh, he, he works with All in Texas Football now and he's, he's fantastic at his job. Uh, he covers not only recruiting, but he's been covering the All-Star games, too. So he went down, I believe, to San Antonio to the All-Star game and actually got interviews with some of the guys, some of the Texas uh, commits, and one of them was Ryan Weigel. the fantastic five-star receiver. Um, Ty has this uh, audio, so get it queued up here, Ty. This is from a man C.J. Vogel, who does a great job. But there's a little little clue in here, I think, from Ryan Wingo uh, that I think we need to pay attention to. So uh, here's the piece of audio. The whole thing is really good, but I'm going to point out something specifically when it's done.
1: I wanted to go back to your recruitment just a little bit. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, in your words, how did Texas really win out for your signature at the end of the day? Um, I mean, I, I, was, I was pretty sad on Texas. Um, that morning, like, I was good with Texas. Yeah. I think it was, like, a couple days, like, before that, you know, that be, like, I was talking to the zoo and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I think I was just staying with my commitment and staying,
2: staying true to it. So, Were you really asleep? Yeah, I was asleep. I, <laughs> I, was. I, I was asleep, and then I woke up when I was playing the game. But I was just – I didn't really know that she was supposed to – I didn't know it was going to go like that. I didn't know it was going
1: to I wanted to go back to your recruitment just a little bit. <laughs> I, in your words, how did Texas okay. really win That's out it. for your signature? Thank you, Ty. Thank you, Ty. Appreciate
2: it. Um, maybe I, maybe I uh, sent the wrong audio there, so I apologize. At, at one point in the uh, the audio um, that I heard, because I actually did on Texas football with CJ, um, he he says that I can't wait to catch passes from Quinn. Ooh. Um, and he hit so I don't know if he would just say that casually, Oh, I don't know if he actually talked to Quinn, or if Quinn texted him, I was like, hey man, I can't wait to get started. But as you mentioned, E, Quinn's been referencing next season uh, indirectly um, and whether he's doing it uh, unintentionally or whether that's intentional by him, and he hasn't made the decision or has, um, I think that all the signs are pointing to Quinn coming back. Just haven't heard that officially. Yeah. Um, A.D. Mitchell hasn't announced it, but uh, a lot of people believe A.D. Mitchell's gone, and a lot of the mock drafts have him as the first uh, Longhorn drafted. Uh, this, this uh, upcoming draft, and that's another good question, too. Who's the first Longhorn taken off the board?
1: I would bet you, Well, I'd pick Mitchell, A.D., just for for, for production, and if, I think he's going to test well.
2: He's t- yeah, as yeah, long as he runs a low four five four four, 4'4", four, he's great. Low four, I, five I would five say years.
1: A.D. That's Mitchell good. first off With the board. I, as I've said, though, I think the most impactful Longhorn big picture in the NFL can be J.T. Sanders. I just think he's the guy that has the highest ceiling because he's only been playing tight end for a couple of years, but he's a five-star talent who as he gets NFL coaching, you know, with his – he's got the, the traits. You just can't coach that. Plus, he's a hard worker. He's not a, he's not a finished product at the position, but he's willing to work at it. And he became a team leader at Texas. I, I think uh, some NFL team in the second or third rounds are going to take JT Sanders be very happy they did down the road.
0: Yeah,
2: I think JT's going to leave too. I think JT and AD, both of those guys are gone. Jonathan Brooks is probably the most interesting one. Uh, I'm not certain what Jonathan Brooks is going to do. Devaluation of the running back position. He's coming off an injury. If he does get drafted, it will probably be mid to late rounds at best. Uh, uh, He's going to, I think, be on a team that will take him as a developmental project and let him sit and rest and rehab and then work his way to an NFL body. But now in terms of his draft stock, I don't know how high it can be because of the position he plays and also coming off the injury. Won't be able to work out. Uh, he'll do interviews, but that's about it. I'm sure some team has him high up on the draft board. I mean, he was considered the Doc Walker Award uh, front runner before he ended up getting hurt and by some uh, draft projected the best running back off the board. But I don't know exactly where he stands now with the injuries and obviously not being able to work out.
1: One interesting note that I read this morning on Inside Texas, Rod. Inside Texas, uh, this is uh, their report: says signs point towards Texas cornerback Ryan Watts returning to Texas, but it only works if he's open to giving safety a chance. Lack of foot speed, in that fine corner finally caught up with him. Plus the plus-size Watts, but he does have traits that transfer to safety. Assuming he could pick up the cerebral parts of the position, I think that'd be a smart move for both parties, Texas and. Uh, Ryan Watts, if he, you know, if the NFL is telling him, look, you're not a corner. Uh, we kind of need to see you playing some safety.
2: He just doesn't have the hips. Yeah. To be a corner downfield, he's good at the line of scrimmage, um, getting his hands on guys. But could he yeah. be a safety? Yeah, yeah. He could definitely be a safety. That'd be interesting. Yeah, he could be a pretty good. Safety. I think
1: we just assumed Ryan Watts is gone, but he, you know, this report says signs point to him maybe coming back because he doesn't have where to go. Like the NFL is telling him. Wait. We need to see some safety tape.
2: Well, yeah, because we don't think you can cover at corner.
1: Yeah, in the NFL. Uh,
2: not, well, I think you can cover at corner that well in college. <laughs> no, I'm not, that's not a knock on Ron Watts at all either. I said, Ron Watts is a good player. He's just not a covered specialist. He's a liability in coverage at times. Yeah. Um, and I,
1: teams attacked him.
2: Teams attacked him. Um, and I think at safety, he becomes an asset in yeah. coverage because he's covering tight ends and he's covering running backs. Uh, then he'll be an elite cover safety. The thing will be about can he run the alley. And we know he can, he can tackle. Yeah, he's, he's, a good, he's a physical player. He's a physical player. Um, I think interesting. I would say Michael Griffin said that two years ago. Yeah. Um, and I think I came around to it last year. I was like, yeah, he probably is a projected. Well, then all the of a sudden safety.
1: you have Andrew McCuba coming in who could play any of the safety positions. And if Ryan Watts was going to stay and play, you got a veteran back there uh, to, who's taking to the position. Derek Williams, Taff, uh, Mike Ta- Michael Taff. Here comes Xavier Filsimi, the five star kid from McKinney.
2: Put Makuba at nickel. Yeah. That's what I would do. McCuba, because Jade Barron leaving, that stresses me out.
1: Yeah, he's been such a key piece. All right, good stuff right there from Rod behind the BOC. As good as uh, in-depth as you get right there. Uh, also, the name Jelani McDonald is interesting for that safety position, Rod, from out of Waco. Uh, so, we'll be watching that. Jaron Thompson and Keaton Crawford, they're two guys that don't seem like they have a spot right now. The long ones already have Jalen Catalan, B.J. Allen, and Larry Turner Gooden well, in Jalen, the portal. Yeah,
2: those guys, they lost a lot in safety, and then you're going to lose. So, you could potentially lose five safeties? Yeah, Jaron Thompson and Keaton Crawford. Like be the
1: portal, potentially. Yeah, portal or – you know, Keaton Exhausting Crawford could try good. the NFL and see uh, just his speed. People
2: keep saying that, that he's going to go as a special teams ace. I'm like, people, people draft special teams aces? Well, they draft talent and then they yeah. let him become special teams. <laughs> exactly. They earn their
1: spot by playing special teams. I'll
2: draft a free agent maybe. Yeah, that's ace, what I
1: think with yeah. that. But, you know, pretty clear they're trying to overhaul their safety room at this point. And, you know, <laughs> we, see what, we know why. And, we saw and, and maybe Ryan Watts could be a piece of that with Andrew McCuba coming in, Derek Williams, Michael Taft. So we're watching it. Yeah, We've seen like why. That. We have seen why. All right, We'll talk about it more. Good stuff with Rod. We come back and go off the record, uh, and the stories maybe you haven't heard, but you need to because they'll be talked about. It's Hook 'em Up with Ian Rodney. The thing sucks. All right, off the record time. Get you the update on Tyree Hill. Tyreek Hill's house burned down yesterday, Rod. Man, that's crazy. It was a big house, too. But it's uh, you ever played Tetris? Yeah. Love Tetris. Yeah, I love Tetris. Ty, you ever played Tetris? You're a gamer. You like to play the video games. Tetris, the kind of time waster game. Blocks. You're just yeah. placing blocks.
0: Yeah, not so much. How about
1: this? Me. A 13 year old boy in Oklahoma just became the first person in the world to beat Tetris. Willis beat Gibson. Tetris. You can beat Tetris. Yes. I thought it just keeps going. No, the 13 year old gamer, um, who goes by the name Blue Scooty online, Blue Scooty, made it to level 157 before it froze up. You know, people think you can't win, but it just stops at that point. It's done.
2: Uh, okay, I was gonna say I don't think you can win it. I think it's like that's, it goes on forever. Like it's like,
1: yeah, no, but apparently the so it, the, the, it, the entire it, run for Blue Scooty took thirty eight minutes. He set several world records, and you can go watch it on YouTube. He was recording himself as he did it. Uh, he set the highest score, but uh, Tetris came out nineteen eighty nine.
2: So he went longer than anybody else ever. Like the highest level than anybody else.
1: Well, no, because AI, adult, artificial intelligence has gotten to this point too, where it freezes up and it's over. The game's over, which is called beating it. AI's done it before, but no human had ever done it. Now a thirteen year old in Oklahoma has done it. Mm. Ended Tetris. Okay. Good for him.
2: Yeah, it's kinda I guess that's kinda cool. I mean I don't know if that's cool or not. Is he getting paid for this?
1: I don't think so. But it's a it's, it's it's a goal he has achieved. Yeah. Apparently he had the goal forever to try to to get to what AI has done, which is freeze it up and he did it.
2: I think with the the gaming world being what it is now, you can get paid for literally being a gamer. You can get drafted into uh gaming leagues playing games without getting paid to that extent is probably not good. You probably should be – if you're that good at it, you should be getting paid to do it. You should be in a gaming league of some kind. And there's not a Tetris league, but you obviously have the skill to play games. Go play games that make you money because there are now leagues that play games that make money, and Tetris ain't one of them. So yeah. That's what, I, that's what I say to young man. Like, hey, you're great. You're a gamer. You're 13. Go, there are games now you can go make hundreds of thousands of dollars literally in a league playing video games. Go to Vegas. You, you play in like Madison Square Garden. So or you like have that.
1: Uh, good eye-hand coordination. Uh, yeah. That I yeah. You're, you're, uh, you're I a, a gamer. You, yeah.
0: I have a buddy who was on, like, had a partial scholarship at Texas State to be on their Overwatch team. Is
1: yeah, exactly. That, is that a game? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a game I play. That's I'm a, not very good at it. But he, he, I play you, with he, him, and he, he has to quit sometimes because I'm so bad that he, it's frustrating <laughs> to play with me. He's that good at the video game.
2: Yeah, because he's a professional. I mean, not prof- he's not a professional. I mean, he, he. I mean, he made he money essentially. essentially yeah. I
0: mean, I guess you could call. I, I, what yeah. do you have to be? Call yourself professional well, I and if you get sponsors. I,
2: I know guys who now that they are gamers, like they are in leagues and they travel and everything. Just and they play video games and they sell out. Like they sell out arenas. People could sell out arenas to watch these people play video games. In, in like uh, in a tournament style, it's yeah. it's wild. Man.
0: They they have like a full facility in Dallas. That's where they have yeah. a lot of the oh, yeah right by
1: right by Cowboys Stadium. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. So my my advice to this young young is a young man or young woman. Willie Willie.
1: Young man? Or Willis. Okay,
2: great. I'm glad you did what you did for Tetris. I need you to start getting into some of these games that make money because you can you can be set by the time you're 20, you can be a millionaire. He's only 13, <laughs> you, so he's got plenty good, of time. Yeah, you're, you're that good at gaming? You know, hey, stay in school, but you can be a millionaire by the time you're in your early 20s, man, just gaming. You can be the greatest gamer of all time potentially. Let's quit the Tetris. Let's play some real. Let's play some. Not playing real games. Let's play the games that make you some bread. I've
0: That's tried awesome. to make it my side hustle a few times, where I, I I'm because I'm, I'm, I'm not that good, like I said. But you can stream and and be funny, or just play 2K and be bad yes. and have some good commentary to it. And but it's it's hard. It's not it's not easy to get into.
2: That's a great point because some guys are gals. that They're gamers, but not good at it, but they're just oh, influencers.
0: There's a lot of they're gals that just do it, and they're attractive. And look good. And, yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and, sexy. and guys will just watch it because it's, you know, like, I don't know. She's,
2: she's playing the game in, in a, she plays the game in a bikini, and she sits there for hours, yeah. and literally she has millions of people yeah. streaming to watch her be terrible at this game in a bikini.
0: And making yes. thousands of dollars probably making, every yes. hour.
2: Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, Come on, man. The, the Tetris thing, it's cool, but then it ain't cool. Hey, let's let's, let's focus this energy. Let's focus this talent uh, for this young man. Uh, all right, Etai, I sent you a a, a a video, a piece of audio for uh, Off the Record, if you don't mind, sir. Um, I think it's pretty funny because the Bears are going to play the Packers um, this weekend. And, and the game matters. It's one of the few games that actually does matter um, because most of the games this weekend don't matter. That's why you getting so many quarterbacks that are resting. Um... Here is Justin Fields. Justin Fields is playing – he's playing confidently and he's playing better. Um, but now he's, he's wisecracking, cracking jokes, taking shots at the Green Bay fans. It was pretty good. Here's Justin Fields. Um, you know, their home field. Uh, I know their fans are going to be loud because there's not much to do in Green Bay except watch football. But um, <laughs> uh, it's going to be a great environment to us for us to play in and, um, you know, hopefully have a great game and get the dub on Sunday. So – Bow. Ain't nothing to do with well, it. Kind of, he's kind of
1: right about that, especially in the <laughs> wintertime. It's pretty damn cold, and there isn't a lot. It's a tiny little town.
2: Yeah, no, exactly. With
1: a football stadium.
2: How far is it from Milwaukee? Is that the, the popping metropolis around there? Yeah, Milwaukee's
1: the closest big yeah, city. Yeah, so was sure.
2: that, that two, three hours away? Yeah, or something it's not like close
1: either. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Uh, You know, going to a Green Bay Packers game at Lambeau Field is kind of a bucket list thing for sports fans. It's kind of the – there's kind of a mecca feel to it.
2: Yeah, it's like going to a shrine. Yeah, you
1: got to do it. That kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. But living there in in just January, there's really not much to do. You go ice fishing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no I, he was telling the truth but it was a nice little jab he took I like it, it i was like
2: yeah me too i was like that's pretty good good for you justin uh you told the truth I and mean, what are they gonna say hey there's a lot to do in green bay you can exactly and you can ice fish or you can hit the local pub it's like no it's still green bay wisconsin all right hey Except you may before.
1: have seen the video yesterday of uh, firefighters putting out a large fire at the home of dolphins receiver tyreek hill i saw that can we hear this this is uh, his agent is drew <laughs> so- rosenhouse and Drew Rosenhaus provided an update on his client and what, because everyone was worried he was in the house or there were people in the house. Here was uh, Drew Rosenhaus. So, um, number one, uh, Tyreek uh, was at practice.
2: Uh, he and his family are, are safe. No one was injured. Number one, no, no pets.
1: Um, so that we're very grateful. Uh, very grateful to the uh, firefighters um, that put the fire out. Um, thankfully, uh, the fire was contained. To uh, a limited area in the home um, obviously there'll be some smoke and water damage uh, but and it's very difficult for anybody obviously to
2: uh, have your home catch on fire but uh, Tyreek was handling it
1: uh, he and his family were handling it with as much poise as you could hope he was very grateful to the firefighters and everyone that uh, that did indeed save his home um, and at this time. All right, thank you. Thank you, Drew. Coming. Thank you, Drew. Sounds like everybody's good.
2: It's huge though, at home. I mean, oh my it's, gosh. It's massive. So, the whole that not the whole thing burned.
1: Just no. Okay. Just but it, of it looked it, like it, but it. it was just it was on the one side and it was smoke billowing out. So, I you know he can live in the other.
2: Yeah. I mean, the other
1: 10,000 square feet.
2: <laughs> he must have in the same neighborhood as Rick Ross cuz Rick Ross The rapper was also live streaming, reporting on Tyreek Hill's That's funny.
1: Hey, (laughs) two hours to go. Uh, Rod's got another rant coming up. C.J. Vogel from San Antonio covering that All-Star game. We'll get the latest from him. His thoughts on the Longhorns Monday night and moving forward.